we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to the Think It, Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So Kelly, let's talk about this idea of just doing your best. Um, what, what do you think about the idea of, of doing your best? What does that mean to you? You know, for me, yeah, I know we've touched on this a little bit before, but for me, it really is um, about showing up, being very, very clear about who the best of me, how the best of me shows up in the world and showing up, you know, more and more as that individual, you know, so for example, mm -hmm. you know, um, for me, if I were to think it would be, you know, I always do what's right. You know, mm -hmm. that's one of my, you know, so uh, having integrity in how I go through this world, being generous, you know, being mm -hmm. kind, you know, and, uh, you know, and then also, too, I'm very clear about what I'm driving towards, you know, um, being and what that identity is. So the more I am aligned with that identity and showing up as that version of myself, to me, that's doing my best, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I've, I've often thought, uh, especially lately, that the, the, the power of think it be it for me is sure, I want to, I want to help other people. But at the end of the day, it's how I be the best version of myself. And I relate this uh, largely to uh, my relationship with Ginger. And, and I want to be the best version of me for her because she has to put up with whatever version uh, is coming out. And so <laughs> um, uh, I want, I want to be the best version for her, but I also uh, in a larger way, want to be the best version um, for everybody else. And the best version of just, just knowing I'm, I'm the best version of me for my own inner satisfaction. Um but you know, it's funny when when I was forty, um, and I was frustrated that I wasn't further along. I'm like, well, you know, all I can do is do my best, and and so and that gave me some level of comfort. That's what I focused on, and 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 I really, I'm my definition of doing my best was just making the effort, which which to me meant uh, getting up at probably 5.30 in the morning, but is a very um, unenlightened understanding of, of what doing your, your best is. And then when I got in my 50s, I saw that my best had expanded or the definition of my best had expanded to, to include really three things. The effort I was putting forth, focus on what moves the needle, and 
consistently growing every week in, in, an, in an area that was strategic relative to what I wanted to accomplish. And so um, that's what I understood doing my best in, uh, in my 50s was. And, and to break that down just a little further, um, so effort was, was still pretty clear, you know, get up early and, and get going. Uh, but focus on, on what moves the needle changed because when I had uh, a company of 175 people and we were doing, you know, $25 million in, in sales, there's a lot going on. But I saw that very little uh, moves the needle. 99% of the stuff going on did not move the needle. And why don't I just figure out what does move the needle and focus on that and, and own that, whatever that might be. Um, I know you can relate to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think for me too, moving the things that uh, that move the needle and also like one of the things that I've recognized if we're in that doing your best kind of category is I call it, you know, and, and it's in uh, the book, um, The Big Leap. I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think that's the right where it they use the term your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Right. The more time that I can spend in my zone of genius working on the things that move the needle related to the talents that I bring to my company, the quicker things grow, the quicker right. things um, move. And so, you know, aligned again with the things with focusing on what moves the needle, you know, I think um, that's how I relate to it. But think about this. What what may be your zone of genius and what moves the needle may not be the same thing, right? It happens to be in my business, but you well, know, I guess, tell us about that. What? Yeah, I, I think for so for me, the zone of genius is my ability to connect with people, mm -hmm. and um, and that's on every level. That's with my team. Yeah, you know, um, that's with our clients. It's how I built the business to begin with. Um, was my ability to connect with people, to build networks, you know, longstanding relationships. Right. Um, and then over time, through that skill set, we talk about this a lot, leveraging, mm -hmm. you know, that talent so that I'm not just having a conversation with somebody about one thing. There are, um, you know, you're getting to know and learn and understand what value can I bring to them? How can I help them? How can I and that's how my business has grown, you know, year over year has been through that connection to people. And then me being able to teach that to the team members that are, have follow, are following up behind me um, that I brought in under my wing and yeah. um, have helped build the companies, have been able to teach them that, you know, and hire for that talent. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. You know, when I was in the reverse mortgage business, uh, what I saw move the needle was was marketing. And, uh, you know, we would send out literally like eight to nine million pieces of direct mail uh, a year. And and I I that for some reason, direct mail seemed to be the, the magic bullet in the reverse mortgage business, certainly for me. But but in general, I think it was. And uh, I had uh, what I called my marketing co-pilot. And we were always, uh, you know, working on a new test and and that type of thing. And I saw that that is what moved the needle. And uh, that was not 
really my my zone of genius, but it damn sure was what moved the needle. And I see that uh, sometimes, as as our audience thinks about this idea of of focusing on what moves the needle, you got to really think deep about your business. Just like I can see so clearly what you just said, Kelly, about your zone of genius, and that's that's right, and how that plays out with with uh, employees, but also with uh, uh, customers. And so um, that would be my my um, uh, advice to people is really take some time and figure out what moves the needle and step back from your business because it's entirely possible that you're spending a lot of time on stuff that doesn't move the needle. And uh, that's why the needle isn't moving. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the other thing, uh, like I said, in, in my 50s, I, I added a third one, which is to, to grow uh, intellectually and make it both consistent and strategic and, and consistent in terms of uh, it had to happen every week and, uh, and strategic relative to what I wanted to accomplish. And, and so I created a system where the personal growth was audio and... Uh, it was typically one to two hours of content every week, but it was, you know, it was on marketing. It was on employee empowerment. It was on efficiency. You know, it was, you know, so it was really great stuff. And I, and what a difference that made, because when I was in my thirties and forties, I didn't have time for personal growth. And at 50, I realized there's part of your problem right there. Uh, You know, you're not, growing you're you know and i really came to realize in my 50s that you don't have to be the smartest guy in the in the room you just got to be a conduit of of learning and so few people are really growing when uh when you look at it they they tell you they're growing but you know like i said before they're listening to joe rogan they're not really growing they're entertaining <laughs> themselves um and so, um, and, you know, the other thing that sort of has evolved that's really interesting, and this has just evolved in the last two months, is I've added two more things to the other three I just mentioned. Uh, the fourth one was tuning into reality, really looking at what am I doing and and how am I trying to, you know, create uh, a difference in the world? And is it aligned with reality? Is it, you know, am I going after the right people? That type of thing. Is my message right? Um, that was big. And um, the other one, uh, the fifth one is uh, just being self-aware. And uh, I see how powerful that is because a lot of times we're not self-aware. Do you, you agree with that? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, and I think that... Um, your ability to be self-aware, which to me requires that you set some ego aside. Right. And you, you know what I mean? It's hard to be self-aware when you're pretty sure you're always right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but I do, I, I want to back up on a couple of things here real quick. And so on this topic of growth and growing on a regular basis, there's another angle that I want everybody to think about um, related to um, to growth and to learning and to, you know, again, you said relative to whatever it is they're doing. We're talking about business right now. It could be about your health. It could be about right. relationships. 
It could be about the areas of your life that you want to improve in, you know, and grow in. And there's also another reason why it's so important to be doing this. And, and um, I, I, I am not going to cite this correctly. So I'm just going to say this isn't my idea that I'm espousing right now. This is somebody else's idea that you are kind of the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So think about the people in your life, you know, and uh, so if you're looking to level up or if you're looking to have a great relationship and all of your girlfriends don't have great relationships or you, so the power of bringing mentors from afar into your world so that you can start spending time with people outside of kind of that circle of influence that you currently have and be bringing in new ideas and new, because again, you, you energy, it's all an exchange of energy. So if you're with Mm -hmm. people in your life who, you know, are sleepwalking through life and, you know, it's, it's likely that you're going to be doing kind of a similar type of thing. Or if you're hanging out with people who are in bad relationships, you know, then it's easy to kind of start to take on some of that or whatever the health wise you know, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who are super healthy, it's more than likely you're going to begin to become more and more healthy. And then the reverse is true. So that's why I think it's important that if you can't build that group around you that is headed in the direction that you want to go, that you're bringing in these influences from outside of your world so that you can enrich the world that you're in until you begin to add in new um, new people into your physical life. You can right. do this virtually through learning. And so I think that that's an important point, too, with what we're talking about. You know, I completely agree with that. But but I have found in my life that has not been true, uh, surprisingly, uh, because my closest friends were people that made me laugh, you know. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's how I would evaluate my friends to a large degree. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, when I was single, you know, you're meeting people. uh, uh, And, you know, when you're married, you're not meeting quite as many people. But, but um, I just think back to my closest friends. And, uh, and they weren't high achievers. Uh, They damn sure made me laugh, but they weren't high achievers. And, and then, uh, you know, like today, one of my closest friends, uh, and I talk to him about every day is a former chancellor and president at the university of Texas, Bill Cunningham, who, who you've met. And of course he's a player. Bill not only ran the university of Texas for <clears throat> 15 years, but he also is the lead director for Southwest airlines and, and, uh, the, uh, chairman of the board of Lincoln financial. And so he's a, he's a player. And, but he, you know, he and I, we have this sense of humor thing. And, and so I, I share that because I agree that who you surround you with yourself will be a big factor uh, in who you become. And you should sur- surround yourself with, with the right people. But I, at least for me, it was, it was hard for me to do that. And, and I, I was able to uh, change myself, myself without, you know, I I was learning all the time because I became a conduit of learning through the system I created. And so I was getting all that stimulation from, from what I was hearing 
rather than through my friendships. Well, yeah, that's exactly my point is you get that. So you feel like, I know, you know, Darren Hardy, but before Mm -hmm. you knew Darren Hardy personally, you were listening to all of his CDs from success magazine and you felt like you knew him. He was coming into your world and expanding your world with this knowledge about, um, you know, and bringing guests in who were doing the same and right. so it expands your world by bringing in that, you know, um, versus inside this close circle of, um, you know, friends that you have, you know, which right. are great. You should have those. But if you're looking to do big things, if you're looking to change habits, if you're looking, you can't do the same things and expect to get the same result, you know, expect right. to get a different result. It doesn't right. work that way. You know, I tell you something I've been thinking about lately. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's this idea that, you know, your success comes down to the actions you take, right? And um, I was reading not too long ago in a book I read uh, called uh, Thoughts or Things. And basically, he says that there's sort of a three-step process. You have a thought, then you have to take an action, and that turns into a thing. And uh, he was talking about how in the human brain, uh, there's a particular place where where uh, you decide on actions, and and the the process that you go through is always the comparison of what's the effort required and what's the benefit uh, to be derived, and so it's sort of is sort of that that scale of uh, uh, benefit versus uh, effort and. One of the things I see is that everybody is just a function of their genetics and what has come into their consciousness, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's who we are, you know, our pure genetics and what's come into our uh, consciousness. And I see that to be successful, you're going to have to be optimistic because and I see with people, they're they're on the scale. Some are very optimistic. Some are very pessimistic. Well, how that plays out in what I just said is if a person is not optimistic when it's coming down to make decisions on actions, if they are if they can't see the benefit, uh, then they're not going to take the action. And and I see that I am totally optimistic. I mean, you know, a couple of my friends say I'm overly optimistic. Well, you know, maybe so, but uh, I'd sure rather be that than the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and the other side of the coin, though, it, genetically, people are uh, along the spectrum with regards to being lazy. Some are really lazy and some are not lazy at all. And And again, that factors into the equation of taking actions. If you're really lazy, almost no action is worth it. Mm-hmm. And so the the effect of all that, I think, is you ought to think about yourself and go, am I optimistic? Am I lazy? You know, where I where am I on that that spectrum? Because those two factors will determine how many actions you're willing to take and those actions determine your success. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, as, as you sort of think about your life, I think uh, it's so valuable. I know we, you and I both do this, this technique of setting aside time two times a week to deep think. 
And so as you're, as you're um, contemplating doing your best, that's a great place to, um, to pose that question is, is, am I doing my best? Uh, and, and those singing sessions uh, give you a perspective in your life that is so valuable. It's, all, it's almost like you're a consultant to your own life. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. No, I love that. And, you know, and I love too. again, I, I, this is, I'm repeating something somebody else has said, but the quality of the, of your questions determines mm-hmm. the quality of your life. The quality of your questions determines your thoughts. You know, your thoughts are directly related to the questions you ask yourself. Right. You know, if you say, oh, why does everything always happen to me? Okay. That's a question. Instead of saying, okay, why, um, why is it, or how is it that I'm going through this and what am I supposed to learn? Yeah. That's a very, very different. So when you're doing talking pessimistic, optimistic, you're saying there's a challenge you're going through, but the way you're framing it, you know, this way, why does this always happen to me versus, okay, why is this happening? What am I supposed to learn? Those are two very different, they're questions you're asking yourself, but they're, they're asked in a very different way and received very differently. And your brain, any question you ask yourself, your brain will go to work on finding the problem, finding the solution to it. So if you say, oh, why does this always happen to me? Your brain's going to start coming up with all those old stories. Well, it's because you're not good enough. And it's because you're whatever. Whereas what am I supposed to learn? Why is this happening? What am I supposed to learn? Your brain will be like, well, remember, you know, I've tried to teach you this lesson a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't listening. And you just haven't got it yet. So here it is again. I'm presenting it again to you. Let me work with you one more time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you get where I'm going with yeah, that, right? No, you know, no. so it's it's those quality of questions. So when you're sitting down with your thinking tablet and you're asking yourself, you know, how does, you know, um, what does doing my best look like right. or mean to me? You know, that get your brain going to work on that question to come up with, you know, um, some good stuff around that whole topic. Well, you know, it's it's interesting, and, and I don't want this to sound arrogant at all, because I just want to give somebody a, I mean, this has been profound for, for me. You know, when I l- look myself in the mirror now, I'm like, you created this. You created this life you have. You created having the marriage you have. You You've created the wealth that you've had. You created it. And, and, and it makes me, me proud. And I remember when I was 50, looking in the mirror, and I'm, and I'm not as successful as I thought I should be. I'm like, you created this. You, you have not found uh, a wife, uh, a partner. You do not have the financial uh, wealth and, and the freedom you want. Well, you created it. And, and so it's nobody else's fault. It's yours. You're going to have to up your game. And that sort of tough love uh, at 50 uh, now, I look back and see that uh, uh, how wonderful it, it all played out. Well, it goes uh, back to your whole, you mentioned self-awareness. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so right. being, and, and part of self-awareness is accountability, you know, and so yeah. being able to be a hundred percent accountable and maybe, yeah, there were some circumstances that led to some certain things, but those did, those don't matter. You made choices. Every choice you made lead, lead you to where you're at right today while you look in the mirror you know, and so that's, you've got to reconcile with that and then start 
you know, good, bad, or otherwise, whether you're thrilled with where you're at today right? You know, and, and how you're living your life, or maybe you are in five areas, but in one, you're like, you know, yeah. this one I need to work on or whatever the, wherever you're at today is a result of the choices. It's a result of the thoughts right. that right. you're having, the quality of the questions you're asking yourself, you know, um, all of those things that we're talking about here today. Right. Well, you know, at the at the lead end to our uh, podcast, we talk about uh, the one thing once we learned it, our lives were never the same. And, and, you know, every once in a while, I like to share again what that is. Well, we discovered that uh, um, we don't control our daily actions. We only control our intentions. And 95% of our daily actions are unconscious. Therefore, to to have a successful life, you got to gain control of those daily actions so that the right actions happen automatically. Well, that's that, that learning that it, that I took me all of what 20 seconds to say changed both of our lives. And I see that this idea of doing your best, the way I apply this today using our 12 minute day technique is I articulate uh, in my life GPS template, what doing my best is. I talk about the five things. It's effort. It's focus on what moves the needle. It's growing consistently every week. It's tuning into reality and it's being self-aware. And, you know, from simply feeding that to myself every day, I live that and it, it happens automatically. And, and, and so Kelly, how would you on a, on a lighter version, how would you apply this? Well, I would start with uh, uh, one. I would start with one thing. So for me, so with with if I know that my zone of genius is connecting with people, then mm-hmm. the one thing for me is to be present. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, the people I'm connecting with, I am connecting. They're the only person. I don't have any devices on. I'm not thinking about the next thing. I'm not thinking about what just happened. I'm locked in to whoever it is that I'm connecting with. And then being present for me too is in this moment. We talk about this a lot, John. This is all we've got. This is all we're promised is the second right now. You know, Um, and so I'm focused on being present so that I can appreciate my husband, so that I can Mm -hmm. appreciate my team members and these people I'm making this connection with. Because I do want to be able to say at the end of the day, do I like how I showed up today? Like if yeah. this was it, if this if, if if this was it, if I didn't get tomorrow, would I be happy with how right. I showed up today? Like that's the that, that's again the quality of the question I'm asking myself in the evening. But I'm just starting with one phrase: be present. Right. I put that in my phone. I put it on my mirror in my bed, my bathroom. Mm-hmm. I, as, as uh, you know, I'd have it come up as a reminder. I'd maybe put it even inside my calendar appointments right? as a reminder, be present. How do you want to show up in this meeting? I'm going to be locked in on the person I'm connecting with. So it can start out with just that small thing. And then you can begin to layer. You've got five things right now that you're, you know, reminding yourself of every day. Right. Let's, as an entry point to this method, I'd start with one thing that's going to move the needle the most for you. For me, it's being present. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That is, uh, that is powerful. Well, this is, this has been a delight, uh, good conversation. <laughs> we, are, we are pretty delightful. <laughs> I know. The more I think about it, uh, the more I see that. 
<laughs> I'm not sure anybody else would agree, but <laughs> but hey. <laughs> okay, until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life.